Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Pastor. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Have you ever called on the Lord and you're praying and you call upon his name and he says wrong number? <laughs> he never denies us. He never turns us down. He is a good God and he is faithful to each and every one of us. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I've always considered Wednesday night as being the press-in time. You press in. You made it here. You pushed your way through. You made it here on a time schedule. So just press in and worship Him. For the Lord has nothing but good things for us. The Lord doesn't hold back anything from us. He certainly doesn't hold back his Holy Spirit from us. He loves seekers. You know that? He loves seekers, those who will seek after him. How many here have a hungry heart tonight for the Lord? Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to use tonight as a simple word or text. I'm going to go to the Old Testament. If you were waiting on me tonight to continue last Sunday's message, you'll just have to be here this next Sunday morning because I am not going to continue on on a Wednesday night. Those Sunday folks, are, they might be a little disappointed if I leave Peter still, in the, still in the, on the sea and on the water. And, and sinking slightly, sinking down and leaving there. So we're going to go back this Sunday and go back to this bold step and bold faith. But tonight I want to share another word to you, a, a word that I believe is very important, a word that I pray, dear God, I would desire there be a thousand people here tonight because... We're living in a time and an age where the world wants us to back off. The world wants us to be silent. The world wants to cancel us. Let me tell you, Jesus Christ, they tried canceling him. They crucified him on a cross. But he rose on the third day. And then he's going to come back and say, hey, he's coming back one day. He's sending back to the Father. He's coming back one day and says, hey, I'm back. I'm back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But we're going to go to the Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 22 and verse 2. I don't think I've ever shared this word before. And so hopefully the Lord will speak to your spirit. I believe God has poured out upon Rodney Pike Church of God in times of worship and times of preaching the importance and a spirit of faith. The importance of faith and having, a, having that faith within us. We're in a faith-building season. I believe if anyone who will go to the house of God 
and seek the Lord there in this time and this season that we're in right now they're just going to have their faith built up a faith building season because we have been under attack the world has been under attack let me tell you the world is going crazy and the church of Jesus Christ has got to be the example we've got to lead people the right way we've got to lead people to the Lord and to salvation tomorrow night I'm going to try and for the next few weeks leading up to Easter I'm going to go live on Facebook for just a few moments and on Thursday evening just for a few moments and what I my the Lord has laid upon my heart is to just speak to God's people not just Rodney Pike but the Christians the Lord has laid it on my heart that we need to not have a short memory but remember where we were a year ago and where we were at on Easter Sunday morning a year ago and the saints who had difficulty could not go to the house of the Lord I want to challenge them to take full opportunity to be in the house of the Lord on Resurrection Day, Resurrection Sunday, and celebrate Jesus Christ. Will you help me get the word out? I'm not just talking about Rodney Pike. I'm just talking about Christians all over. All the Christians. Go to church. Go to church on Easter. Go and celebrate the resurrected Lord. Remember where you were last year at this time, and now here we are opportunity the doors are open opportunities here and we need to take full advantage of it and glorify God for what God has done in our life because we've crossing over March and we're going to experience what's on the other side and I believe that resurrection Sunday is the pivotal point for God's people in the church to march in a way that never marched before to show the world and to show the lost that Jesus is still the way, the truth, and the life. And that the gospel is still true and it reigns supreme. Hallelujah. Praise God. I celebrate the gospel on Easter Sunday morning. That's what it's all about. Jesus died, buried, and rose from the dead. That's what Paul said was the gospel in 1 Corinthians. It's the gospel right there in a nutshell. Praise God. Now, I've got to get to the message, don't I? I want you to think of one word tonight, and that word is a word, vanguard. I want you to think about the word, vanguard. And I hope that I can tie it into this message and this scripture text and where we are today. How many here will preach with me tonight? Raise your hand. Will you preach with me tonight? Come on now, let's just not make this an ordinary time. It's never an ordinary time in the house of the Lord. Let's celebrate the word of God. As a matter of fact, why don't you just stretch your hand forward and pray. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, let your word come alive in me. God, let this message begin to, begin to penetrate our hearts and Lord, let faith rise up in the house and may you be glorified. God, let us leave this house tonight not the same way that we came in, that we've been touched and affected by the presence of God and that the word of God is burning in our hearts. In the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you, I praise you. Amen.
and amen. First Samuel chapter 22 and verse 2. And everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented, gathered themselves unto him, which is David. And he became a captain over them. And there were with him about 400 men. Ironic that Micah would mention 400 tonight. I thought, how, what the irony of that, of that number. Amen. Yeah, go Jesus. Amen. The harvest is much more than 400, you know. It's, it's vast. Amen. I'm going to read it one more time. 1 Samuel 22 and 2. And everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over them. And there were with him about 400 men. We read this verse of scripture involving David and gathering an army that we see, and we see right off that this was not an A team of the military. This was a group of angry, disturbed, discontented, distressed debtors. You could say that they were actually sort of a motley crew that David had assembled with David, and David was the captain. It was the gathering of the worst elements in society. I want you to know, please don't get upset with me tonight, but when I read that verse of Scripture, and I read each word in the account and the descriptions and everything involving with that verse, don't get upset with me, but it reminds me of the church. I know we get, you look rather nice tonight, and you look good, and you probably smell pretty good. And you're looking good. But somewhere in your closet, somewhere back down the road, back down memory lane, there were some things that you wish had never happened. Somewhere back there, your shoulder, there are places behind your shoulder, that places that you've been that we wouldn't want anyone to know about. Somewhere back down memory lane, when you didn't have any friends, and you didn't have any peace, you didn't have any money, and you didn't have any joy, but something happened. You came to Jesus with all of your problems. You didn't come to him all cleaned up. You came bound. You came oppressed. Some folks came to him high. Some came to him drunk. Some came to him angry or bitter. And he took you and I just like we were. Just like David did with these men. Because he saw something in you. Because he saw something in me. He looked at the worst and he saw the best. Is anyone glad that God saw something in you? Saw value in you? He looked at a bunch of rejects that nobody wanted on their team. 
And he said, I'll put them on my team and I'll turn them into the greatest military fighting force that the world has ever seen. And that's what David did with those 400 men. They became the elite of the army of the highest levels of courage and ability and integrity. And God said, and the Lord wants us to see, that he's doing the same thing with the body of believers. If you think that we have seen our finest day, if you think that the best is all gone and now the worst is yet to come, I want you to know God has flipped that thing. God has been working during this pandemic. God has been raising and training and picking out and selecting a motley crew of elite fighters that know what the grace of God is, to know what God can do in their life. And he's raising up an elite army that will stand against the enemy and stand against darkness and stand against sin who will lift up the literal word of God and say, thus says the Lord and live by that as a standard. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They became that elite army of the highest levels of courage, ability, and integrity. He said right here in this place that he is building an army in this scripture, that I believe God is building up an army in this place at Rodney Pike Church of God. Let me kind of rearrange your thinking here for a moment. Yes, we are the family of God, but there's a vast difference between a family and an army. A family is held together basically by the bonds of blood and love. An army is held together by commitment, by order, by vision. Luke 19 and 13 says, Jesus said, And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. Occupy till I come. Jesus is not just speaking to the family of God. He's speaking to the army of God. He said, Occupy till I come. Occupy is a military term. The word is not passive, and what I mean by passive, passive means that it's without resistance. But the word occupy is, is, is not passive, but it's aggressive. It's active. It means it's full of life, of a force and energy that's not in defense. It's in offense. This means in order to fulfill this command, one must be forcefully and aggressively moving forward, engaging and overcoming resistance. Jesus said in Luke 10 and 19, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and on scorpions. Amen. He said, I'm not giving you power so you can hold down the fort. He said, but I'm giving you power to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. He's speaking of a people who are anointed, who are aggressively moving forward to advance the kingdom of God. 
I'm telling you, this is, we're moving out of a survival mode here. We've got to quit acting like we're trying to survive when really God has called us to thrive and God has called us to move forward. God has called us not to hold down the fort, but that we forcefully advance with the anointing and the power of God that God has commissioned us to be. He's called us to be the vanguard. Now, I want you to know he's not speaking to everyone in the church. He's speaking specifically of the elite group in the church that are consumed with the kingdom mandate to establish the kingdom of God in the earth. And they're treading under the feet everything and everything and anything that opposes the kingdom mandate. This elite group of people have chosen to serve on the front line. Do we have any frontliners in here? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Frontliners was quite a phrase for several months of being a frontliner. Used to be the frontliners were considered to be police officers and firemen, those who are run toward a fire and run toward uh, things that are going wrong or, or, or crime or, or to violence. They run toward a situation. They are really, truly the frontliners. But God is choosing frontliners, an elite group of a vanguard, because there be the vanguard that we decide we're going to move forward and we're going to be frontliners. We're going to be first responders. We're going to find a purpose. Let me tell you, God hasn't called everyone to be that way. Not everybody in the church is like that. Not everybody in the church wants to be in that place. Now, it's only by a volunteerism. You've got to volunteer and say, yes, Lord, I'll be on the front line. Yes, Lord, I want to be a part of your special elite servants where that you can use me and anoint me and empower me for the kingdom. Not everybody is going to be a part of this elite group, an elite group called the vanguard. Vanguard means the troops that march in front of an army. The first line, the foremost part of an advancing army, that means the best trained, the best equipped, the most qualified. Let me tell you, the best equipped, the best trained, and the most qualified are the servants of the Lord who make up their mind no matter what. I'm going to obey Jesus no matter what. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm not going to waste time. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm going to pour out all my spirit and everything that is within me to serve the Lord and to glorify him. That my activity outside of the house is just as spiritual as what's happening in the house of the Lord. That I am, I'm going to serve him and I'm going to make myself available to be the vanguard, the front line, those who will go out and meet the enemy. Those who will intercede and begin to share the gospel to the world and that the world will know that there is a Jesus. The world will never know that there's a Jesus as long as the church decides to stay in the building. But when we go outside of the building and decide that we're going to let our light shine, we're going to share the gospel we're going to stand for Jesus Christ then we become the vanguard and the Lord will anoint us Christians kind of tickle me they think the anointing is to make us feel good they think the Holy Ghost power 
is just for just at the moment of praise and worship. It's that special icing on the cake. But it's not like that. God pours out with purpose and reason. There are people who are not experiencing the presence of God because God looks at them and says, why? Why would I pour out my spirit and my power on you? Because you waste it. You hoard it. You do nothing with it. I'm going to find me a people who are willing to live the kingdom and to press forward and forcefully advance and I'm going to pour out my spirit upon these people. Hallelujah. Not the ones who decide I might make it to church on Sunday. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. If I do, I won't really worship him. I'll just kind of put in my time and go through the motions. The vanguard is not people who go through the motions. The vanguard are people who with a purpose and, and with a plan and with a calling in their life, they realize that the world needs Jesus Christ. And they do something about it. Do something about it. Yeah. The vanguard is not the ones who say, well, somebody else will. Somebody else will teach my kids. Someone else will do this and that. Someone else will do the training. Someone else will, will do No, no. The vanguard are ones who are saying, Lord, I believe in your word. And your word is powerful. And from generation to generation, they need the word of God. And frontliners will raise up more frontliners. Vanguard will train more vanguard to do the work of God. Hallelujah. Notice here the vanguard is what is that advancing army. Best trained, best equipped, most qualified. And notice that understanding advancing army, it's not the hold the fort army. It's not hold on, hang out army. It's not an all beaten up, bruised up, drag their heels, head in their hands kind of army. But they're in an army that moves forward, believing God for God to do great things. Let me tell you, we have a lot of issues in our country, but the greatest issue is a sin issue. And the only one who can save and change and make a difference of a sin issue is going to be the vanguard that's going to bear up the word of God and share the gospel and lead people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Those who will stand in the gap, those who will fight and be willing to stand for their faith no matter what Matthew eleven twelve says in the New Living Translation and from the time John the Baptist began in preaching unto now the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it I'm telling you if that's not a word for now yeah and Jesus is talking about John the Baptist we need the spirit of John the Baptist and people who will cry out in the wilderness and tell the world to repent of their sins. And that the kingdom is forcefully advancing. It's not laying back and taking it easy. But the best, most qualified elite and best trained and bravest, boldest, the advancing 
treading down everything in its path army of the Lord of hosts. That's what the vanguard is. God didn't give. He didn't give us these mighty weapons just to hold down the fort till Jesus comes. He gave us the blood of Jesus, the authority to use His name, the Word of God, prayer and fasting, the great and mighty gifts of the Holy Ghost, and He didn't give us these weapons of power for us to just sit down somewhere and wait for the rapture bus to show up. If you're not careful, you'll fall asleep and you'll miss the bus. You won't even catch the bus. But the passion of people of God. Now I'm not trying to make a comparison. I want to bring about a challenge to you that you become part of the vanguard. The vanguard of the kingdom of God. The vanguard which is the church. I'm telling you God's wanting to raise up people. People are willing to serve him no matter what. No, no matter what, if they get canceled, no matter what, if they get criticized, no, no, no matter what, if they get spat upon and hit or whatever, they're going to serve Jesus Christ no matter what. We're hitting a season where the rubber meets the road. Amen. We're trying to hold on for change nationally, but it's happening all around us. We better hold fast to the truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We better get our eyes on the prize and our eyes upon him and anticipate the Lord Jesus Christ and set you first your affections on things above but not here on earth and let God anoint you and you become a part of that elite army, the vanguard that that move forward with power and authority. The Lord's wanting us to know this hour when so many churches have become lukewarm, self-seeking and self-preserving and self-centered, he's raising up a vanguard church. They're going to stand for the gospel, stand for the truth and the word of God. And in the church is a place where we'll get trained and equipped and mobilized to take, take the world for Jesus Christ. Here Joshua was around Jericho. Here Joshua was in front of the city. And the Lord told him, he said, you will take the city. And the king and the armies that were in there, you will take the city. And you and I need to decide that in all this craziness around us, we're going to take the city. We're going to take the region. We're going to take this area in the name of Jesus Christ. Why don't we claim the power of that name and claim the promises of his word? We're not just the family of God. We're the army of God. An army is not just a group of people who love each other. This army of the Lord is marked by three characteristics. As the army of the Lord, we are unified first by our love for God. Our love for God will help us love one another. Whenever I find and I realize I don't love people, I realize I'm not loving God enough, I need to love Him more and, and, and serve Him more and focus on Him more, then suddenly I can love people a lot better. Because God just brings that God is love. 
and he helps me and cultivates me and shows me and I see through his eyes and his eyes are, are is a look of love second we have our love for God but second we have our love for each other we're known to be his disciples for our love that we have for one another we know that we pass from death unto life because we have love for the brethren love for one another in the house and thirdly our love we're characterized by having a love for the lost love for the lost I've been in church for years I have pastored for decades and I have found something so true it's a natural response I have encountered people from all directions and all types of personalities you know, you can look at me, and I'm sure you probably wonder, where in the world does he come from, you know? I got a past, and I got a history, and I could tell you about my family sometime, and we have our stories. But I look around at other people, and I look at the church in the years that I pastored, and I hope you understand what I'm saying here. God wants you to love, and to love past your family. Love your family, but go further than just your family. In this world and in this region, there's a great love for, we're happy at church as long as my family's in church here. That's all the people I need, just my family. And we'll isolate ourselves from one another because we just have our family and that's enough. But God has called us to love one another, to love and to stand guard for one another. Do you stand guard for someone else? Do you pray for them and encourage them in the Lord? Do you love them? And also, most of all, do you love the lost? I think we lose sight of the lost. We'd rather the lost just stay out there. And then we'll be all comfortable in here. And come on, you know, the lost, we can, we can say, well, yeah, the lost is out there in the world, but the lost ain't in here. Well, the lost needs to get in here. We need to get the lost in the house of the Lord. We need to win people in the kingdom of God and win the lost. Our hearts need to break for the lost. If our hearts don't break for the lost, then surely we're not part of the vanguard ready to go and rescue those who are bound and those who are downtrodden and those who are held captive by the devil. That's what the army does. The army rescues people and sets people free. Maybe we don't love them like we should, and we should love the lost. Love them. Love them. Let our hearts break for them. But more than that, as an army, we're even more unified and bound together by our commitment to the mission and the vision to the Great Commission. A vanguard church just does not just happen like the special forces in the military. The Vanguard Church is groomed by God. We must go through a process. And first part of the process is God has to break you out of the crowd. He wants to break you out of the crowd, separating you from the mainstream. Sometimes it seems difficult when He does that because it's awkward. You feel alone and isolated. It feels like you did something wrong and that you're being punished, but there's something burning inside of you to be more and to do more. 
and to follow the Lord. And so you've got to break away from the crowd. You've got to get away from the mainstream of the church so that God can isolate you and equip you and anoint you and use you for his glory. We need to understand that if we're at Rodney Pike are going to be a vanguard church, we have to know that we can't rely on the majority consensus or our confirmation of, of, of people saying that we're doing it right. We've got to just believe and know that God confirms us and his word confirms us. But God has called us to face his spiritual warfare, but he's given us victory. Like I said, the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. God's given us the weaponry. They're going to build the backgrounds and targets for axe throwing. But it would be no good if we didn't have the axe and we didn't have the throwers. We'd have guys out there throwing plastic forks at a target and nothing would happen. But because we're prepared and because we're ready to make things happen, we're going to throw axes. If they stick on the wood, that's another thing to be said. We'll try and make them stick. We'll move closer if we have to. But we will try a bunch of amateurs trying to make it happen. But if the wood is up and the axe is in your hand then God will guide the tools that he's given you and you'll be more than conquerors through him that loved you. He's given us the right things to make it happen. I don't know about you, but I think it's time that we don't feel like we're hiding out anymore. We need to let the world know Jesus is alive and well. And so is his church. And so is his church. How many here, I just wonder, how many of us here tonight would say, Pastor, I'd like to be a part of that motley crew. As a matter of fact, the Lord brought me in and cleaned me up and he's done wonders in me, but I want to be a part not only of God's army, but I want to be part of the vanguard. I want to lead. I want God to use me. I want to step out in faith. And it's exciting. It's glorious. It's glorious. Peter stepped out in the water and he sank. He began to sink. He wasn't sunk, but he began to sink. And one people I've heard preachers talk about, well, Peter got in the water. Nobody got in the boat. Nobody said anything. There's Peter. He's all wet and everything. But I want you to know in this kingdom, in this world I live in, I wouldn't trust anybody to follow after anyone that wasn't wet. They're good and dry. They stayed in the boat. But the one who got out was the one that discovered. The one that stepped out was the one that enjoyed the miraculous. The one that believed in faith had his eyes on Jesus. And the one that stepped out moved far enough to be closer to Jesus than anyone else. I want to be in that place. And God wants us to stretch ourselves. How many here are ready to be stretched by God? He's commissioned you. 
This church needs leaders. We need leaders to rise up. Not, not people just do a whole lot of good talking or talk good, but those who, who actually do something, you know, that, that actually believe and willing and step out and God will use them. People who are going to believe that their heart will ache for the loss. Those who realize and say, I'm not just saved so I can wait my time and bide my time and I can make it into heaven. No, the Lord has saved me so that I might reach out and others may be saved. And that the devil will be defeated because I discovered the authority I have in Jesus Christ. And others will be brought in into the kingdom of God. How many here want not want to go to heaven alone? I want, I want there to be a number, you know. I, I want to grab whoever I can and get a hold of whoever I can. For when I stand before the Lord, I want Jesus to see a company of people behind me that I was instrumental. And they have people behind them. And they have people behind them. Do you see how this thing works? As the army of the Lord, the devil's defeated, so why don't we just start acting like it? He's defeated. We need to act like it. We need to declare our victory in the Lord and serve him with power and authority. Hallelujah. 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 I'm telling you, the Lord just gives us great power and anointing. How many here have ever been in a battle, a spiritual battle in your life? Raise your hand. How many here have ever been in spiritual warfare before? Just raise your hand. How'd you feel when you came out victorious? Because you came out victorious because here you are tonight. How'd it feel when you defeated the enemy? You saw the hand of God move and the power of the word of the Lord and the moving of the spirit and the fire that was inside of you and God gave you victory. How'd you feel afterwards? This is something that the world needs to know that the devil is defeated and God has raised up an army and there's the elite group the vanguards out in front I want to be out front I want to be out front I tell you what I told Leah a long time ago I am looking so forward